I'm Tracy from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Are you a small business owner or even someone who dreams of entrepreneurship? Then check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. Join hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres as they interview entrepreneurs sharing insights around starting and nurturing a small business. You won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. Planning your next trip? Choice Hotel's family of 22 brands has over 7,400 locations and the perfect hotel for any traveler you want to be. Like a Cambria Hotel serving up locally inspired craft cocktails for all my folks who maybe want to meet up and talk about Mad Royals. Check into a Radisson Hotel with flexible workspaces for you strivers who listen during business travel. Or a Comfort Hotel with free hot breakfast, family-friendly pools, and big spacious rooms for the parents who listen with their kids and need a little retreat. What are you waiting for? Join Choice Privileges and start earning points toward your next stay. Find a stay for any you when you book direct at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And not just the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Sarah Dowdy. And I'm Dublina Chakraborty. And this spring we did an episode on George Ahrens, who is a famous bibliophile who donated two very extensive collections to the New York Public Library. And if you remember from that episode, Ahrens, who was in the tobacco business, received some critical advice early on that he really took to heart. It was choose lots of hobbies when you're young, and then as you get older and have to give some of those hobbies up you're still going to have plenty to do. And Aaron's did end up quitting some of his youthful hobbies, like race car driving, but he stuck with book collecting and found it so fulfilling, he spent much of his time lecturing about it and recommending collecting to others. His main point, though, something he himself learned early on from bookseller William Everts, was to focus your collection. Essentially, don't just buy a bunch of first editions of books you enjoy. Pick something, become an expert in it. And this way, even if you don't have the budget for big purchases or if your collection is very small, it's still a collection. It's a collection right from the start. So we suspected that our listeners might be just the kind of folks with obscure focus book collections. And after that episode in our uh, sort of, well, I guess our listener mail sort of segment, we asked you all to send in some stories to us. We thought that we might get maybe a few examples of collections, enough for a little listener mail segment at the end of a podcast. But we ended up getting 
tons of stories from people. And so many of these suggestions were interesting. Some were such focused, incredible sounding collections that we decided to dedicate a whole podcast to talking about it. So consider this a collector's edition podcast in more ways than one. Yeah. And we had a couple of different categories, several different categories of types of emails that we got from people. So we want to kind of try to break it down that way. A lot of folks, for example, wrote in telling us about collections that kicked off with one book, one particular interest that grew over time. For example, listener Cindy in Nashville said that after reading Antonia Fraser's book on Mary, Queen of Scots in the eighth grade, she started collecting other books about women in history that were written by female historians. And she said, quote, I'm 57 now and have read wonderful histories of famous women by Nancy Goldstone, Alison Weir, Rebecca Fraser, Harriet O'Brien, Sarah Bradford, Maria Perry, Carolee Erickson, Hannah Pakula, Nancy Mitford, and many others. Now that I'm retired as an editor of 33 years, and because of your Errant's podcast, I'm going to reread all of these books in my focus collection, beginning, of course, with Antonia Fraser on Mary, Queen of Scots. So I loved this note, especially since Mary, Queen of Scots is one of my favorites, and it was an interest that also came about from reading a biography. But I also, uh, we mentioned Alison Weir on a lot of episodes. Uh, Rebecca Fraser, she wrote the Charlotte Bronte biography we yep. talked about. So yes, Cindy, we kind of covet your collection, apparently. <laughs> Um, another listener, Yvette from San Francisco, had a collection start in a similar sort of way, having that one book that you really like and that kicks everything off. And she said that as a teenager during the 1984 Olympics, she got Olympic fever really bad. And after the games ended, she started reading all about their history. So starting small and expanding her collection over time. And she wrote, quote, I don't have the time or the money to seek out and hunt for books as George did, but when I go to a place with Olympic significance, either a person or a place or a used bookstore, I make it a point to swing by the souvenir store or sports and biography sections to see if there are any books of interest. And she even has collected some autographs, you know, some some Olympic memorabilia sort of stuff over the years. And I thought this was a good tip, too, for uh, collectors who aren't trying to get the perfect rare editions, that sort of thing, but have a general interest, you know, that she just makes it a point. It's a habit, something she always looks for. That is a great point. You can make something out of, you can make, you can make a collection out of something that you like to do too, or something that you enjoy. Just a side note to this, Yvette also collects cocktail books focusing specifically on historical recipes, or as she put it, quote, everything before the time when Red Bull made it into the drinks. <laughs> So some of our other listeners found their book collections, not so much from this one book that kicked everything off, but a collection that sprang naturally from other interests. So one example was George, who is also a public librarian. So he said that he especially loves literary topics. And he wrote to tell us that he has a 600-volume library devoted to Disney that he started back in 1994. And he said, quote, I began with books about Walt Disney World and slowly began purchasing books about Disneyland, biographies on key people, animation and cultural, sociological titles. There is only one other person that rivals my collection, and he works in a Disney corporate library at Walt Disney World. So there you go. I think I know a few people in our office who would covet that collection. I think I do, too. We'll have to um, let her know, because George has also sort of transferred this interest in all things Disney and his interest in Disney books to a blog. He also does a blog on his library, and he hosts a video podcast, too. Wow. 
Listener Scott from Virginia also had an interest or a hobby that naturally resulted in a book collection for him. He wrote, quote, I found that I agree with Aaron's uncle on the point of starting life with many interests and then honing in on one or two later that you really enjoy. One of my interests is birds and nature. My bird book collection is very meaningful to me as I have picked up many foreign country bird guides when traveling and others from used bookstores. I also often refer to them for affirmation of a sighting or if I read of a sighting overseas. It's also neat to look back on older editions to see how the common names for birds have changed over time. Some Asian guides are not in English, but the Latin or scientific name is there, so I can still reference it against the North American species that I know better. My collection includes many books beyond guides, mostly nonfiction, that discuss birds and birding experiences. I have not yet collected classic pieces of fiction, Shakespeare or royal letters, for instance, that include birds or birds' names. Alas, I have already downloaded some bird guide apps for myself and wonder what the future of book collecting will be. There are feelings brought out in holding a hundred-year-old bird guide and imagining a previous owner using it to make discoveries of their own that computer applications just don't master. And that uh, that feeling of thinking about what the previous owner felt is something we're going to run into in some of these later listener mails. But this one reminded me a lot of Audubon, since we recently it talked did. about him and Birds of America. And um, I wonder if Scott has listened to that episode yet. I know, probably. I hope so. Um, but yeah, that was something where clearly the book. The physical book was so important, and I can understand. I'm not a bird watcher myself, but I can understand how an app would be pretty useful. But it seems like there does still need to be a place for a hard copy book, something that's beautiful in and of itself. Yeah, and as he said, when it comes to like the cross checking between them, mm-hmm. that, that was makes it very that was handy interesting. To have the actual book and the history too, the the ornithological history, almost how things change over time. Right. But of course, some listeners had a pretty different take on the digital situation, and one was listener Luna, who doesn't collect books per se, but certainly she collects the kind of information that could someday end up in books. I mean. I haven't wondered if maybe that was her plan. She wrote in to say, quote, my collection is a digital collection by necessity because I cannot take home the object of my hobby, gravestones. I began by photographing all of the tombstones in my county before learning the lesson Errants was taught from the beginning to have a focus. So now I travel to cemeteries photographing gravestone art, statues, enamel portraits, carvings, etc., attempting to chronicle the changing trends. And I thought this was just cool, too, because it shows that the focus is is applicable to all sorts of hobbies, um, including ones that don't have much to do with book collecting yet. Yeah, so Aaron's advice can mean something even if you're not a bookie person necessarily. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, 
entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the United States? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. And every episode hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business, and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Other collectors don't necessarily take the same approach as errants in this way, though. Listener Valerie from Austin, for example, has a penchant for children's and young adults literature, and she wrote in suggesting that we cover ghostwriters of famous serials like Nancy Drew and like the Hardy Boys, but also told us, quote, I am collecting all the Dr. Seuss books, but I'm only getting them from garage sales, thrift stores, and other used copies. It's fun to get the books knowing that they have a kind of history of readers, especially knowing how much I loved reading them as a kid and other kids learned to read with these books. So in that case, the point is really having a used book because you know that this book is, has seen some action over over its days. And I think it's a pretty great argument for adding non-pristine books to a collection, especially when children's books are involved and the stakes are, are as high as somebody learning how to read on this book. And I personally love really finding books that somebody has inscribed, uh, whether as a gift or just signed their own name. Um, there's a really great example of a book here at work. I tried to find it before this episode, but it had vanished off the shelf. <laughs> it was an old How It Works type. Book. There are there are real House of Works books here, but also ones that 
I don't know, somebody must have brought in at some point for for comparison. But this one was from the 1920s or so, and it was inscribed to a kid graduating prep school. Like, here's everything you need to know. And I think it really tells you a lot about what's in the book and suggests to you that somebody thought that this was important enough to give as a gift. So it's worth keeping. It's worth looking at. And for somebody, it's going to be interesting still. Yeah. Would you inscribe those books yourself, too? I mean, then you do you then add to the history? Oh, I don't know. I think maybe once it's inscribed, you can't really do it again, right? Yeah, just save it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, listener Leah wrote in with a focus kind of similar to Valerie. She said that she's been collecting old books for several years in particular, educational works published between 1870 and 1940. And she said, quote, my collection includes textbooks, children's books, encyclopedias, and popular volumes on science, geography, art, and history, as well as dictionaries in several languages. I find most of them at our local flea market, often for a dollar or two, though I've been known to seek out volumes I especially crave on eBay. I don't have the usual collector standards of prime condition. Many of my books have loose covers, torn pages, foxing, interior writing, and other flaws, but I love them anyway. I find the writing style and the sometimes startlingly outdated information fascinating and often amusing, and I always admire the beautifully engraved illustrations. And she went on to say that those striking illustrations, and I really, I knew what she was talking about here. I used to have an old kind of 50s era set of children's encyclopedias that I'd look at when I was a kid, and they did have pretty crazy illustrations. But she said that a lot of that colorful, sometimes out-of-date illustrative style would inspire her in her own art, and that's why she got into it in the first place. She often scans the illustrations. She doesn't want to rip up the books or anything, so she scans them, prints them out archivally, and then incorporates those prints into her own pieces of art. And she said, quote, I love the layers of meaning, texture, and history that these pages add to my work. She attached a few examples of them to, to show us. They're really lavish illustrations, and a lot of them had faint text in the background. They did look kind of like they were out of a children's encyclopedia, but in a very modern sort of way. So this was definitely a group of people who appreciated Aaron's advice to be very focused while they were working on their collections. But listener Wynn wrote in to tell us that while Aaron's be specific advice might be wise, there could also be such a thing as being a little too specific. He said that while working at Harvard's Rare Books Library, quote, my responsibilities included creating provisional computer records for new collections of books the library had acquired. A collector had donated to the library his prized collection that took years and years to put together, a collection of every English language edition of Samuel Johnson's Rasselas. He had collected something like 500 editions of just that book. No other writer nor book sullied his fine collection. Of course, three different editions of Rasselas have worked their way into my library. How could they not? <laughs> so that was a that was a funny example of somebody really taking that advice seriously, mm-hmm. getting into something specific. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. 
Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the United States? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. And every episode, hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business, and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins. Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. We did, of course, receive some notes, too, from listeners who collected other things besides books. And my favorite of those, I think, came from listener Erica, who, while she doesn't keep a book collection, she really could still relate to the Aarons episode. So she wrote in to say, quote, I was listening to the George Aarons episode today when a familiar name jumped out at me, Roger Bacon. You mentioned him as a rumored author of William Shakespeare's works, but I know him as someone who helped start a very special collection in my life. When I was two months old, my uncle gave me a stuffed pig for my first Christmas. My mom thought it would be funny to call him Roger Bacon, partly after the real person, but mostly because she thought Bacon would be a funny last name for a pig. Roger quickly became my favorite toy, and throughout my childhood, I amassed quite an impressive collection of pig items, including several other stuffed pigs that my mother, true to form, named Hambone, Hamlet, and the like. (laughs) 
Roger, however, was always my favorite, and I carried him everywhere I went. More than three decades later, I long ago outgrew my pig collection, most of which has been donated or is bagged up in my parents' basement. But Roger continues to have a special place in my home, and he's still well-remembered in my family. He's so special, in fact, that my mother recently found a brand-new stuffed pig just like him and gave it to me as an Easter present. Perhaps this will begin a whole new collection for me. So that was a fun one. I I can appreciate a stuffed pig collection. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's it's unusual. Finally, though, listener Katrina, who works at a university special books collection, wrote in to tell us more about the accessibility of special works to the public, something that Michael Inman touched a little bit on during the Errands episode. But she also shared a tip with us. In addition to visiting amazing works for free at a library, you can win antique book collections online. She started her own set, a collection of biographies by Harriet Beecher Stowe from 1868, when she won a giveaway through the collector Forgotten Bookmark. And as soon as I got this email, I, I visited that site and they had one of these collections, collection giveaways going on that happened to include some of my favorite British novels. And I was like, I've got to win this thing. I did not, unfortunately. Oh, no. But I mean, it is a great tip and a, a really fun way, I think, to start a collection, too. There's an element of, of chance involved. There is. What your specialty is going to end up being. I think it, it sounds like a good idea. So I guess you have to check that site frequently to see if it's something that you want. Yeah, I think they have giveaways regularly. And um, yeah, everybody, I guess, now listening to this podcast is probably going to go probably cry. so. My odds will, will get worse. Why did we include that on here? <laughs> thank you, Katrina, for telling us about that. And um, thank you to all of you guys for sharing such amazing stories. There were many that we could not include in this in this segment, but I was impressed by how focused people's collections were, how open-minded folks were about books that were beat up and how that added an element of, um, I don't know, it added something for, for the collection to think of all those people who had owned it before you. Um, it was a neat, neat thing to, to learn about. I was just impressed by the number of people who had collections. I know. I mean, to me, it's almost kind of throwback. I mean, so many people spend their time doing other things nowadays, playing on the Internet, watching cable or whatever. You know, it's almost as throwback as, like, writing letters still rather than emails, collecting something. Yeah, there's still folks out there who have presumably these shelves, or in the Disney guy's case, I'm sure, like a a room filled with these books. and Or pigs. Yeah, or, or, (laughs) or different kinds of pig memorabilia. Um, and I like to imagine folks pulling them down and reading them and using the collections, too. I think that's the coolest part about it. Yeah, it's kind of inspiring in that way. And I have actually, Sarah, as you know, had a little collection started or a collection started for me recently when all the editors and writers here gave me children's books for my new baby. Yeah, getting a little library going. It's a really fun shower and especially a fun office shower kind of thing for people who love books already, right? Yeah, it is. And I think that I'm probably enjoying them right now more than the <laughs> baby will for many years. Previewing because, them. <laughs> uh, previewing them, you know, looking back at some of those children's books that you read before, but you haven't seen mm-hmm. in years or new ones that I'd never read before. Or just looking through some of the really great illustrations mm-hmm. that children's books contain. Um, it's been really fun. And, so. and having fun with the, the tactile books. You mm-hmm. got a few of them. <laughs> I did. I got some furry books. So. <laughs> <laughs> so um, a little bonus. Yeah, that was that was pretty fun, and I'm glad that you've got a collection going. I've got to think of one now. I know. 
what are we going to get you? Maybe folks will have some suggestions out there. If you want to email us about your collection, um, yeah, did miss the boat on this one, but <laughs> we're still interested. You can write us at historypodcast at discovery.com. We're also on Twitter at Missed in History, and we are on Facebook. Maybe you should collect taxidermy cats. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'll pass on that one, Dublina. <laughs> All right. And if you want to get some ideas of maybe books that you can collect, see what rare books are out there, we have a title called Top 10 Rare Books, and you can look that up by visiting our homepage at www.howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS Ground Advantage Shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges. Keep things affordable with some of the lowest prices out there. And keep it all reliable with on-time ground shipments. It's time to turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage. Simple, affordable, reliable. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.